Let's meet this morning in Ephesians chapter 4. Can we? The book of Ephesians chapter 4. The agreement was to write off $40 billion, that's billion with a B, $40 billion of debt. An unprecedented move in international relations. The nations represented at the G8 summit had decided to cancel the debt of the 18 most indebted countries in Africa who qualified for debt reduction. It was the largest debt cancellation in history. And as reports of that cancellation began to race around the globe, one thing became clear. Canceling an enormous debt makes an enormous statement. Under the G8 agreement, affluent nations took responsibility for a debt owed by others while those who owed the debt gladly accepted the forgiveness and moved forward in light of it. If you're in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to look with me at verse 30. Paul writes this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And then he says this, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I want you to pay close attention this morning to that last phrase. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. With the Lord's help, I want to preach under this title this morning, Forgiveness, Healing the Hurt You Never Deserved. Healing the Hurt You Never Deserved. We'll not turn there, but in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, Jesus lays out a very a simple biblical principle with these words. Freely ye have received, freely give. Those words teach us that what God has given us, He expects us to pass on. For example... If you have been blessed, which you have, you're sucking in God's oxygen today. We've been blessed. 
then God expects us to be a blessing to others. If you have been cared for and comforted in your time of need, then He wants you to extend that same care and that same comfort to others. And by the same token, if you've been forgiven, if I've been forgiven, He wants us to forgive others in the same manner. And we're obviously going to talk this morning about what forgiveness is, and we'll get there. But I want to take a few moments here at the beginning to try and, and maybe clear up some myths about forgiveness. And so for the first few minutes here this morning, if you'll indulge me, we're going to talk about what forgiveness is not. And we'll start with this. Forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. Forgiveness is not about saying, well, don't worry about it. It's, it's no, it, it, no harm done. It's not, it's not saying, listen, it's no big deal. It's, it's not a problem. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is being honest and saying it did hurt. And it does bother me. But I am choosing to let it go. I'm not going to hold it against you. Let's pause here for, for just a moment and, and let's, uh, let's get a working definition of forgiveness. All right? So when I, and I'll, I will repeat this a number of times this morning because I want you to understand it. Here's our definition of forgiveness this morning it is a conscious decision to release a person from any obligation they incurred when they hurt you. Leave it up there just a minute to let you write it down if you're, if you're taking notes this morning. Forgiveness is a conscious decision to release a person from any obligation they incurred when they hurt you. In other words, they no longer owe you an explanation they no longer owe you an apology. They no longer owe you repayment. They no longer owe you anything because you are releasing them from everything. Here's the second thing that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not resuming a relationship without change. Forgiveness does not automatically translate into trust. Get this. Forgiveness is given. Trust is earned over time. There's a big difference between forgiving someone and trusting them again. Let's say, for instance, a, 
person has been involved in an abusive domestic relationship and, and, and they've been hurt. And let's say the abuser comes to them and, and, and says, listen, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And they really mean it. The proper answer to that question is yes. I will forgive you because that's what God wants us to do, right? But if that person then asks to be let back in the home, that's a different issue. Are you tracking with me? The point is forgiveness is not resuming a relationship without change. Yes, they've been forgiven. They have been released from any obligation they incurred when they hurt you. But that doesn't mean they are automatically trusted. And I'll tell you this this morning. When, when somebody is told that, nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, their response is going to be this, well, I thought you forgave me. You did. You, you did forgive them. But forgiveness does not mean automatically resuming a relationship without change. And then here, here's, a, here's a huge myth about forgiveness. Number three, forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. Somehow, People have been convinced that the cliche, forgive and forget, is in the Bible. You begin reading today in Genesis 1-1 and read all through the, the Bible to Revelation, and you'll not find that in the Bible anywhere. We are not told anywhere in the Word of God that we have to forgive and forget. Forgive? Yes. I mean, it's all throughout the Word of God. But forget? No. And I hope this is going to help some of you today because some people really struggle with this because they, they feel if they haven't forgotten, then they haven't forgiven. But that's just not the case. You cannot make yourself forget something. Especially if it's a very deep hurt. Our hearts and our minds do not have a recycle bin like a computer where you can just drag stuff over there and watch it disappear. Listen, I, I promise you that if I come down off this platform this morning and hit Chris right in the face, I mean right in the glasses, just boom. There may come a time when Chris forgives me, but he will never forget the Sunday morning that Pastor Prater came off the platform and for no reason smacked him right in the nose. You with me? Now, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I could outrun Chris, <laughs> but if he ever caught me, it might be a bad day. Listen, for, for
Forgiving is not about forgetting. It's about letting go. Do not, listen, please, please, do not fall into the forgiving is forgetting trap. Because it's just not so. So those are some things that forgiveness is not. Now, let's spend the rest of our time this morning looking at real grace-based forgiveness. What is that? What does it look like? Well, beginning in, in, our, in our text this morning, it's remembering how much I've been forgiven. Forgiveness is remembering how much I've been forgiven. What did Paul say? Look at it. He said, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Watch this. Even, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Circle that phrase in your Bible, for Christ's sake, and then out beside it write the word grace. Grace. Listen, listen, God did not forgive us because we earned it. He does not forgive us because we deserve it. He, he does not show us kindness in excess of what we deserve because we felt really bad about our sin and we promised to never sin again. That's not why God forgives us. You know why God forgives us? He does it for Jesus' sake. He doesn't do it because we deserved it or we, we've earned it. He does it because his son died on the cross for our sin and he forgives us for Christ's sake. Why do we forgive others? We forgive others for Christ's sake. Number two, real grace-based forgiveness is about relinquishing my right to get even. We're going to step outside the text for just a minute to some more words that Paul penned, this time to the church at Rome. And he penned them in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19, and he said this, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. This is God speaking. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. You know, Pastor Tyler, some people struggle with those verses in the Bible that they don't understand. I struggle with the verses I do understand. Like this one. I get this verse. I understand this verse. These are the kinds of verses that I struggle with because I know what it says. And because I have no excuse and because it's clear to me and it's understandable to me. And I read things like that and, I, and I'm like, ouch. I mean, seriously? Don't get even. Don't retaliate. Don't seek revenge. Don't wish harm on those who've harmed me. Then what am I supposed to do? And the answer is, it's what? Forgive. But pastor, that's not fair. <laughs> Whoever said that there's anything fair about forgiveness? There's a word for God's fairness. That's called justice. Justice. 
if, listen, if God was going to be fair, then he would give us justice. We don't deserve grace. God, God doesn't have to forgive us. Justice is fair if we really got, well, I just want what's coming to me. No, 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 you don't, not at all. Because let's just be straightforward this morning. If we got what's coming to us, we'd all die and go to hell. That's what we deserve. So I, listen, I'll take God's forgiveness over his fairness any day. Any day. Because if he was fair with Bill Prater, Bill Prater would spend eternity separated from him. And isn't it interesting? How we always want justice when it comes for others. But when it comes to us, we want grace. Huh? Yeah, God, you need to deliver justice to them. (laughs) But show me grace. Let me just share this thought with you about justice. Forgiveness. Listen doesn't diminish justice it entrusts it to god that being the case think with me refusing to forgive then means that we're unwilling to trust god to do justice god is gracious to us and we are to be gracious to others as well Church, listen, God will one day settle the score himself. And he doesn't need our reply on Facebook. He doesn't need some veiled stab at somebody who's hurt us on Facebook. Listen, God's got this. And God will take care of it in his time, in his way. Vengeance is mine, he said. I will repay. So here's what that means. One day, he's going to right the wrongs. And you can take that to the bank, my friend. So forgiveness is remembering how much we've been forgiven. It is relinquishing our right to get even. And then here's a third one. Forgiveness is responding to evil with good. Let's go back to our text. Look what Paul said. And be ye kind one to another. Stepping away from our text again, I want to remind you of some words of Jesus found in the Sermon on the Mount. He said this, but I say unto you, and, and, and this, is in, this is in that part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is just raising, he's raising the bar on just about everything. And he raises the bar on doing good. He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute. you.'" I said earlier that our definition of forgiveness is the decision to release a person from any obligation they incurred when they hurt you. Okay? 
So, Pastor, how do I know if I've done that? Pastor, how do I know if I've come to the place where I have released them from any obligation they incurred when they hurt me? And my answer to you this morning would be this. When you can do good to them and pray for them. When you can do good for them or to them and pray for them. And if you're sitting there this morning and you're thinking to yourself right now, that is a high standard. I would agree. It is a very, very high standard. As a matter of fact, listen, as a matter of fact, that standard is so high that without God, you can't do it. You'll never get there without the help of the Lord. But when you come to the place, listen, when you come to the place Where you can pray, God, bless the person who hurt me. You'll know that the process of forgiveness is complete in your heart. And we'll talk a little bit more about the process uh, in in just a moment. I know you've heard this before. I'm going to say it again this morning. Hurt people hurt people. We often... We often hurt others because we ourselves are hurting. If someone has hurt you, it's most likely because they are nursing some hurt of their own. But when you genuinely forgive someone, then you at that point are able to look past your hurt to their hurt and pray that God will help them and heal them and then let's look at this last thing forgiveness is repeating the process as long as necessary i want to talk about two things here number one i want to talk about the point of forgiveness so let me say this one last time the point of forgiveness is when you make a conscious, deliberate decision to release a person, whoever that may be, from any obligation they incurred when they hurt you. I was thinking, I've thought about this all week. A time when when I was hurt deeply, And honestly, God's been good to me. God's put some good people in my life. But there is a time when I was was hurt to a degree that, honestly, it's, it's hard to explain. It just hurt. And I have no problem being transparent with with you. But I struggled. And I struggled a lot. 
And I struggled for a long time. But I was thinking about that this week. I can, I can go back to that moment in my office when I got on my knees and I did exactly what I'm talking about right now. That moment in my office that day, I said, God, I'm done. I will not be held captive by this anymore. They owe me nothing. They don't owe me an apology. They don't owe me an explanation. I'm done. They do not owe me anything. And I remember that right now just like it would have happened this morning. That was a glorious moment in my life. That was the point. That was the time, the moment in time when I released them. But that was just the beginning. There was a process. And it was a long process. At the point of forgiveness, you say, I choose to forgive you. Through the course or through the process of forgiveness, you learn to say, and I will treat you as though it never happened. Through the process of forgiveness, you commit to not bringing up the offense to the offender or to others or to yourself to the best of your ability. Now let me just talk to you a little bit here the point of forgiveness is one thing and I remember that day very clearly very plainly but it wasn't long before I saw that person at Walmart and all of that junk came back we okay it all came back and you know what I had to do? I had to go back to that point when I said, God, I'm done. And I started again. And it wasn't long, and I saw them at a funeral. <laughs> and it all came back. You know what I had to do? I had to go back to that morning in my office and remind myself, Bill, you let him go. You, you, you made a conscious decision. They owe you nothing. So now you know why it's called a process. Listen, I, 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 I do not want to mislead you this morning by saying if you'll, if you'll at the point of forgiveness, it'll be over. Because it won't. It won't. There will be a process. And something will happen that will bring all of that junk. It'll just come flooding right back in. And so you go back to the point. And then you get up and you go on. And before long, you find yourself so far along. And you are, you are a long ways from where you were. 
Am I making sense? And eventually, by God's grace, you get to the point where I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what God's done. I can see them anywhere, anytime, and shake hands and carry on a civil conversation. And there have been many times when I have prayed verbally for them, for their family, and for God's blessing on them. Now listen, I could not have done that early on. Just being honest, I couldn't. It's a process. But I promise you, from personal experience, that if you'll stay in the process, there will come a time when you can pray for them and do good to them. And I know right now that that moment for some of you is so far away, you can't even begin to imagine. I get it. I get it. But again, with God's help, you can do it. Now, there may be somebody sitting here this morning, and you appreciate the message. But you're saying to yourself right now, <laughs> he doesn't get it. He, he just doesn't understand. He doesn't know how bad I was hurt. I could never forgive them. And to that I'd say you're right. And you're wrong at the same time. You're right. I probably don't understand the depth of your hurt. But you're wrong to say that you could never forgive them. And I want to show you. What I'm going to read to you is an email that I received after preaching this message at, at one point. A couple of days later, I got this email. And the lady who sent me this email said, Pastor, please feel free to use my story anytime, anywhere, if you think it'll help somebody. Her story begins with these words. Everything went south when I turned 11 years old. And then she continues to write, up until then, I guess my life was okay. My family was dysfunctional. I knew that. My mom was a teenager when I was born, having been seduced by much older married men. As a single mother, she didn't have the experience to survive on her own. So she did what she thought was best. She married. The only problem was she married a drinker. Her family and friends warned her. But she said that she loved him and could change him. So I got a daddy and some more siblings over the next few years. Daddy was definitely not the endearing title one would imagine when referring to my father. Because he did not incorporate the loving, kind qualities of a daddy. Instead, he drank, cussed, physically abused my mother and verbally abused us kids. Then, when I was around 11, verbal abuse became the least of my troubles. I was awakened one night by the smell of alcohol. 
and the hoarse whisper in my ear, don't tell mama. What followed is not something I care to describe. In my adolescent heart, the abuse I was subjected to fostered a deep set of very complicated feelings. Anger, confusion, fear, anxiety, and frustration to name a few. The disgust I had for my dad grew and festered inside of me until it was like a malignant tumor engulfing my soul. It permeated every area of my life. When I was in my late teen years, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. But I did not deal with my anger from a biblical perspective. And the burden and shame I carried inside would take its toll over the next 10 to 15 years. I married, had children, but I never told my husband about the abuse. The hatred and shame I felt still gripped my heart. Unforgiveness is a hard taskmaster. I began to have physical health problems. I couldn't sleep at night. I had to have surgeries. I was falling apart. My marriage was in trouble. I feared that my husband would hurt our children the way my dad had hurt me. My husband could sense that there was something wrong, but I couldn't verbalize my feelings. A wall went up between us. I was an emotional basket case. Fear, hatred, and anger were growing bigger and bigger in my heart then by the grace of God I finally realized that the anger and hatred I had in my heart were not hurting anyone but me I came to understand that a spirit of unforgiveness was destroying me as I began to grow, listen, as I began to grow closer to the Lord and live in His Word, a thawing began to happen in my heart. I began to heal. God's Word became my closest friend, and a fountain of grace began to flow over my wounded soul. Eventually, I was able to share my story with my husband. Our relationship began to improve. And more than that, my feelings for my dad began to change. It is truly a miracle from God. But the hatred I felt for him began to melt. She writes, I started calling dad on the phone from time to time. I could even visit him and not think constantly about the past the whole time I was in his presence. Alcoholism and a wasted life took their toll and dad's health began to fail. I was able to stand by his hospital bed and hold his hand, and even ask him if we could pray together. He was able to share his conversion experience. 
and talk with me about heaven. As a little girl, I didn't have the kind of daddy I could hug or cling to or depend on in times of trouble. But recently, I've been able to walk alongside my frail, elderly dad and chat as if there weren't a care in the world. And honestly know that there was no longer any anger in my heart and that the past is in the past. And then she closed with this sentence, my heart feels at peace. (laughs) Forgiveness can happen. But the process will be the same for you as it was for this person, as it was for me. You get closer to the Lord. You live in His Word. And you grow in His grace. Now let me ask you a very personal question this morning. Whose face has been in your mind's eye throughout the course of this message? Your mom? Your dad? A brother? A sister? A once close friend? Maybe it's your wife or your ex-wife. Maybe it's your husband or your ex-husband. Maybe it's a, one of your in-laws or one of your children or one of your stepchildren. Maybe it's a coworker or a boss. Maybe another church member. It could be this morning that you're not the offended. You're the offender. And you know that you've offended. And that's another message for another time, but the Bible tells us how to deal with those kind of things. Matthew 18. I would love nothing more today than for some of you to leave here free. You know, here's what happens in forgiveness. You set a prisoner free, and then you come to this realization, that prisoner was me. Isn't it strange? We think that because we're angry and we're bitter and we're hurt, that we're, that, that we're just heaping all kinds of hurt on, on that other person when the truth of the matter is they're just living large. Right? They're just, they're just living life. They're just going on about their life. The one that's miserable is us. It's us. And it's because we haven't come to the point of forgiveness. And I'm not being judgmental this morning. I know that what I preached is not easy and I hope I did not present it this morning as being easy but I do want you to know today it's possible by God's grace it's possible let's pray